today on The Breakdown. It's the 2018 $300,000 buy-in Aria Super High Roller Bowl, part two anyway. And this is possibly our most requested hand of 2018. It's Dana Legranu against Makita Badzikowski. And I don't even know what to say. I'm going to pull out the old ones for this one. Man, oh man, do things happen and do things happen. You're going to find out why this is the most requested hand right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Was the uh, was the McKeehan Steinman hand 2018 or was that 2017? Because if that was 2018, that was the most requested. I think that was the beginning of 2018. I think it was. All right, so this is this is like a top three. Okay, but but that one was definitely number one, right? That was like 50 people or something. I don't remember anymore. It was a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess you're right. Okay. Fine. This is this is probably number two though. Well, you're probably well. You're definitely listening to this in 2019 because it yes. didn't come out until 2019. So happy New Year, everybody! Congratulations for making it to 2019. Yep. Not Grant because it's still 2018. I might not make it. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm as we sure recorded, it is January, th- no, December 31st. So things could happen. Oh yeah. I mean. Things might happen to you. This is going to be a legendary podcast if things happen. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really need a strong alibi if things happen to you now. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And you're not really, gonna really strong. You're not going to have one because I've set up a lot of booby traps in case of my death. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I won't have done anything. Maybe it'll be... It doesn't matter. You're framed, buddy. <laughs> it's, oh. it's over. <laughs> the booby traps are specifically to frame me. Yeah. That's dark. It's bad for me. You, I'll say that. You know where too much of my capital is. I can't have you taken that. But you'll be dead. What do you care? What do you care? Think, think deeper, man. I want to have a legacy. My legacy is... Your legacy will be... Thank my leg- you. No, my, my legacy... I want my, my legacy name. to be Jonathan Levy goes to jail. My, your legacy is going to be Jonathan Levy's new jet ski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's maybe. good, too. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I guess that's all right. So, yeah. So, future historians who are listening to this podcast, yeah. who I'm sure future historians will be studying poker guy stuff for a while. It's, I mean... Yeah. So, this is a 2019... If you, Just yeah. in case you didn't write that down earlier. When you're, like, you're, 2019 is when they talked about this hand. Right? That's what they need to know. Oh, well, well, that's when the hand was... That's when we released this podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. But it was actually 2018 when it was recorded. Right. So, so it's, we're, we're it's giving, pretty confusing. We're giving I mean, the future historians more data than they even need. This is kind of like the whole, you know, the millennium turned... Is it in 2000 or 2001 is when the actual millennium turned, right? And truly, of course, the millennium, you know, the turn of the century was 2001. But we all celebrated in 2000, right? I mean, really, the turn of the century was October 13th, 2002, but I don't want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Yeah. Please um, that's, that's for another podcast. Yeah. So I want to... Uh, this, this hand involves Makita Badzikowski, yeah. who played a bunch of weird hands against Daniel in this event. They, they kind of oh, yeah. were at each other's throats the whole time. I watched bits and pieces, at least. Cool. Um, <clears throat> kind of with the, you know, the side, side eye. I was like playing online poker and stuff. But so... Something interesting that Badzikowski did earlier in the tournament before this. I just want to bring it up real quick because I don't get it. And I know he's great. He's a crusher. Yeah. But everything seems terrible. It was a hand against Negranu where the blinds were... Actually, it's later in the tournament. Never mind. It was... Okay. Well, that doesn't actually spoil anything because nobody ends up all in. All right. So the blinds were fifteen or 1,503K. And Negranu opened the button with a reasonable stack. Uh, he had ace-queen. Badzikowski had 33K in the small blind, and he flatted the 6K open with king-10 offsuit. And then the flop came ace-queen-x, and Makita check-shoved on Negranu. And that just seemed horrible to me, and I don't understand, and I want somebody to explain it to me. Right. Yeah, the blinds were what again? 1,500, 3K. Yeah, so he had... had he had, 11, he had 11 blinds, and yeah. there was a 3K big blind ante. And he flatted. With King-10 off when the button opened. It does seem... Out of the small blind. Incredibly weird. Now, are we sure he didn't accidentally flat? Yes. Yes, I'm sure. Because that's the best... That's the first and best explanation I have. It's sort of like, oh, he meant to re-raise, and he didn't. Or he thought he was just calling the... Uh, just completing or something like that. Although you think he just shoved King-10 anyway if it folded to him. Um, this is really strange. It's hard for me to come up with anything really good. I know when this happened, you actually talked to me about it. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't watched any of this stuff. I just finally saw this in the ground hand just now, actually. Um, and But the one you're talking about, this King-10 thing, I came with a lot of like really dubious answers, if I recall. Stuff like, well, you know, if he shoves, he's, you know, the ground is calling with, with everything better and folding pretty much everything worse, which is probably true. Um, 
but so what? I mean, there's like 12K in the pot already. Right. Um, how about just don't shove it once Negrano opens and just fold? That's the standard play. Fold? Right? What are you talking you about? You have 11 blinds after the button opens, you're getting called. Like so, 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 so often. I mean, you have King 10. Like you're ahead of Negr- his range. Negrano's not going to open a lot of things that, are, that he's going to have to fold there. I mean, you think he's going to... I mean, he's going to open other hands that you can fold. Of course, he's going to open some, but it's going to be much less than he normally would when Makita's got 11 blinds. And the, and the small blind, he knows Makita's shoving a lot, like looking to shove, right? Yeah, I guess he's not, by the way. Okay, but, yeah. but of course. But like, don't, I mean, don't you tighten up a little bit? Don't you play different ranges when, there's, when the small blind's got 11 blinds and you're in a full two on the button and the guy's like a good aggressive player? I do. I play, um, like, I play with more hands that I can call with. Slightly, but I mean, like, a lot of those hands include hands. Like, ace-queen is a fine hand to to be against in that spot. You don't want necessarily for him to have ace-queen, mm-hmm. but it's like, I mean, it's not like they're near the money or right. any, like, Makita needs to double up at this point. Like, the average stack is yeah. probably like 140K, and he's got 30K. I mean, he definitely, shoving would be fine, too. Don't get me wrong. And Negrano's going to absolutely have some folds. Of course. Of course, he just has much less folds than, he, than if Makita had 25 blinds. That's all I'm saying. Um, or 30 blinds. Like, yeah. Negrano's going to be way wider. Um, so, so that would be a reason not to shove. It's okay to shove, too. You're right. Negrano's going to have some folds, and it's okay just to gamble. I agree with I you. I mean, you would shove, right? I think I would. If Negrano's been opening it with any regularity on the button. As long as I know he's, he's somewhat wide on the button, even a little bit, I can shove. Like, that. if Makita's going to be folding a hand like King-10 off, Negrano can profitably open everything on the button, right? Because Makita's range is so tight. Well, but if Negrano starts doing that, then we can shove King-10 again, right? As soon as we see Negrano opening a lot, we can shove. If we feel like he's a little tighter, we can, be, we can decide how tight is he. Really. I, I mean, all right, I but instead of, instead of twisting ourselves into knots about what the current leveling war is here, like, this is a standard shove, right? I mean, 11 blinds is really close, I think. I think it probably is, but you're, you're not getting it through that often, and so you just have to be okay with the gamble part of it, right? Yeah. That's all. But I think it's okay to be, to be fine with the gamble part of it when you've got 11 blinds, and it's one of the best spots. It's one of the best ranges to be against, right? It's like that, or if you're in the big blind and the small blind opens, basically are the two best ones, I would say. I think the small blind is going to limp a lot of stuff that they're not going to call with. Um, I'd be okay. more afraid of the small blind range is what I'm saying. I mean, the small blind is often going to, when you've got 11 blinds, that they've got a marginal hand that they could barely call off with or c- come close to calling off with would just move you in. Right, of course. So then they're going to have a lot worse and a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, we don't have to get too deep into that no. part of it. Um, I thought it was a notably strange play that he flagged. It is. No, calling is the thing that makes zero sense to me, too. Um, so he must... What is, it, what is he thinking? He thinks Daniel's calling, and he doesn't like that when he shoves, right? Otherwise, he would just shove a lot, right? So why not just fold, then, like you're saying? Um, because he thinks it's not like King 10 flops that well out of position and it didn't flop that well, by the way, no, I mean, he flopped a gut shot. Yeah. No, right. And he's just like, I guess this is good enough. Like right. top, any pair or any gutter, I'm going with it. Basically any pair, any straight draw, I'm going with it. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Maybe not any pair, but like, you know, if it's, if it's ace Jack 10, maybe I know actually then he's got a gutter yeah. too. So I guess he is. Yeah. Pretty much any pair, any gutter. Um, I don't know, man. I can't like we could do a whole breakdown just on that and really try and get into it. But otherwise, we should probably stick with this hand because there's a lot going on. In yeah. This all right. Hand let's too. forget about that. I just thought it was weird. Yeah, it is. Um, let's talk about who suggested this hand, which mm. is quite a few people. Like you mentioned, a lot of Hall of Fame suggestors. Not surprising. I mean, yeah, the Hall of Famers. Um, a lot of people who maybe have not suggested before or hasn't haven't gotten one through. Mm. Uh, so we've got O'Reilly. I don't remember any no, suggestions I think that's from a new, O'Reilly. New suggester. Uh, Rio Garini. I don't think we've had one from right. Rio before. Now, Ben Page, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame yet because he's kind of recent, but yeah. he's like an uh, annual all-star and everybody knows he's going to end up in the Hall of he, Fame. Yeah, at this point, they're like, I mean, obviously Giannis is a Hall of Famer, yeah. but, you know, it's going to be 15 years before we, we yeah. get serious about that. And, you know, by the way, an injury could still derail him. Right, of course. You know, he's just on the path. Yeah, like Derrick Rose could have easily been a Hall of Famer, but injury derailed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got you got you got to keep it up for another ten years here, Ben Page, yeah. before you really get there. Don't, yeah. don't rest on your laurels or anything. Adam, there's a lot of Adams in the world, so I don't think this one's a Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't believe it. Holden Cantrell, first ballot. Yeah, yeah, Holden, good job. Alex Klaus, also a first ballot Hall of Famer. The the hits keep on coming. James Kimball. Oh man. Oh man, this is like a who's who. Alex Trembath. Yeah. Nice. Look at that. Cameron Willis. Well. Have, welcome to the welcome, welcome to the team. Yeah, buddy. I mean, if you're suggesting the same as these elite Hall of Fame people, <laughs> you're doing a great job, Cameron Willis. So you're like an up and coming rookie. You're like, I mean, okay, let's let's slow our roll a little bit on Cameron Willis, okay? <laughs> because 
Because, yeah, I mean, you pick the one that everyone picked. Like, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's like the easy one. You got to pick one of the hard ones that the, that the Ben Pages of the world pull all right, before all right. you really get any notices. Cameron Wolves is a promising G League player. Yeah, 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 right. Like, yeah. maybe he'll be a rotation player someday. Maybe more, but let's not get too excited. All right, we got another. I, th- I think he's a Hall of Famer, DJ yeah. Elixir. I've, I think at this point, DJ has moved into the Hall of yeah. Fame talk. Yeah. Legit, like, team photo Hall of Famer. How about right. that? Uh, uh, we got a we got a young promising <laughs> rookie. We got like Jaron Jackson over here, Evan Denninghoff. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's he's been really killing it lately. Yeah. yeah, it's like he could have a really good career if he, he just keeps this up. He's absolutely the rookie of the month. Yeah, at a minimum, and like on track right now to be rookie of the year. We've got Derek Brown, who's like a quality veteran rotation player, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Sorry, Derek. I mean, you got to keep working, man. That's okay. Keep. And we rounded out with a nice a nice clear Hall of Famer at the end, Isaac Carlisle. Oh yeah, yeah, good job. Oh my God. Yeah, so now you know how you're all ranked. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we're gonna, this is going to become a normal thing now where we talk about the people who are suggesting in terms of where they rank in the firmament of suggestors. <laughs> Pretending that they're NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good, man. It's, I mean, that was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, enjoy, I don't know if it's fun for anyone except us and those 12 people, but man, I like it. Well, it was definitely fun for the six or so who are Hall of Famers. They're like, oh yeah, that's the validation I need. Dopamine you in know my who, brain. You know who hasn't? It was not on this list. Who? Another first ballot Hall of Famer. A little surprise. Brian. Magna Carta. Magna Carta. What happened? Yeah. What happened, bro? You, you trapped underneath a dresser or something? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> we should call the internet should, break. We should find out if he's okay. Yeah. Anyway. He's, he's, he might be the best of all time. I think he he's is. He's in the I Jordan think, LeBron. I think he's the GOAT. I think yeah. he's the GOAT right now. Yeah. Right now. Because things change. Right. But right now, he's still, even without this suggestion, which is a bit of a bit of a fly in the ointment, first chink in the armor type thing, still the clear go. I mean, is it possible? Is it possible? Oh, here we go. That Brian is like Russell Westbrook, who nobody's ever going to consider the best of all time, but he averaged a triple-double three years in a row? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's, okay. let's move on to the hand. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed that, because I did. Um, all right, so I don't really understand the structure of how they break tables and stuff in the super high roller bowl these days because they started six handed. They started the final table seven handed and currently, which is nowhere near the final table they're seven handed. I it's, guess it's because there's 13 players left. It's day one. I know that it's okay. still day one of the super high roller right. bowl. So, and I believe there's 13 players left. So I guess they are, just, are we sure there's actually 13 players? I said that to you when you said there were seven, oh, maybe I was not just guessing that because it's day one. I, I can't imagine it's some awkward number left. of players where one table would be significantly more short handed or they don't want to go as short as like four-handed or something. I don't know why anyone would be seven-handed, but whatever. Whatever, that's what it is. Yeah. And Negreanu was under under the gun in this seven-handed game, so, you know, it's not exactly under the gun. And he's got a big stack at 1K, 2K with a 2K big blend, and he's got 350K in front of him. That yeah. is nice. So yeah. He's going to open Jack 10 of Hearts, totally normal and fine. Makes it 5K. No problem. Then we got Badzy. Mikita Badzikowski. The Bads boy. He's a bads boy for bads life. Bads boys, bads boys. Yeah. He's got 113K, which sounds like a short stack compared to a grand new stack, but it is almost 60 blinds. So he's doing mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, he's fine. He makes an interesting decision. I think it's a really weird marginal spot, seven-handed, plus one here. He's got two nines, and he decides to flat. Mm. So what do you, what do you want to do here? You want to flat, or do you want a three-bet? What do you want to do? Man, I can feel like I can make reasonable cases for both. Uh, when we three-bet, first of all, we're three-betting sort of the mo- Daniel's strongest range, which is not great. It's not ideal. Um, I'm guessing he's flatting partially because he doesn't want to go with this hand against Negreanu, and he doesn't want to just get blown off. Uh, you, and, yeah, you don't want to go for 56 blinds with you two nights here. Can't, yeah. right? um, now, you're not going to get four-bet very often by Negreanu, but every time you do, you kind of have to fold, and it sucks when your hand is as good as it is, right? He can profitably be set mining only if he wants to be. He's, they're deep enough, but I imagine he's not just set mining. And, um, and this way he can also do things like set up, you know, if someone squeezes, he can, depending on who the player is, he can decide to re-raise if he wants yeah. to, you know what I mean? He can just like try and take the whole pot if Negrano folds or even calls. He can do sort of wacky things if he wants and have the best hand and get away with that. Uh, he's also going to have position on Daniel and Daniel is notably not a big stack, big bully type, you know, yeah. bet, bet three, three triple barrel kind of a guy. He's much more pot control. So it's easier to play against him in position with a hand like this than a lot of other players. Like, I think it'd be harder to play against a guy like even Bonomo. Right. I think it's just going to make your life really hard. Negrano doesn't necessarily make your life super hard Bryn all the Kenny. time. Bryn Kenny is... Yeah, oh, that's a much better example, actually, yeah. than Bonomo. Right. Guys, and there's a lot of guys in this field specifically who are going to make your life really tough, right? Right. Um, the problem with calling here is you invite other people in, not just the big blind. But, like, the, the button now has to think pretty wide. If they've, if they've got a deep enough stack... Yeah. 
Like it's a pretty good spot to call with a lot of hands now, well, right? The, the button I remember actually is Dan Smith, and he has the second shorter stack at the table. He's uh, got about forty blinds, so he's not going to call super wide, right? Right. He's not going to call nine ten off or yeah. anything like that, right? So he's probably going to call it the more normal calling range anyway. Um, I think it's fine to call here. Like I have no problem with it. It's totally reasonable to re-raise also, but I get calling, especially against a guy like Negreanu. By the way, maybe this has to do with Dominic Nietzsche's stack, which is a five blind stack. There is a scenario that could happen mm. here where he moves in Negreanu flats and then Badzikowski gets to blow Negreanu off his equity. Maybe that's part of what's going on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah. I like that. As a sort of like everything else is in play, which maybe you'd call anyway, and then that makes it like, oh, baby, like, you know, there could be 13 blinds, 14 blinds in the pot, and I can just re-raise now. And Negreanu's pretty much always going to re-raise because it's not a big enough, you know, he's, he's not going to want to let Makita in super cheap like that if he's got a big hand, I got to yeah. believe. So, um... Nobody else calls. Nice deal. By the way, just to be clear, I was I meant if Negreanu had a monster, right? That he'd be re-raising only, of course. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So Jack ten of hearts for Negreanu. Yeah. Bad's got two nines. That's a cow's game. Nine of hearts, nine of clubs in his hand, and uh, I got some some news for you. Um, I'd love to hear it because right. I love news. So it's the new year. Y two K one eight did not adversely affect oh. the nitrogen sports poker train. Yeah. Despite the obvious glitch. <laughs> Somehow it was just like uh, out of service area during the, the clock rollover yeah. or something. And it just kept on rolling. Well, that is lucky. Yeah. Cause what would we have done had that train just gone off the rails? I, well, it would have gone off the rails to be clear, but it would have just like snow I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened, right? Yeah. It could have started accelerating uncontrollably. Yeah. I'd be worried it about that. The engine could have completely shut down, which would be better than the uncontrollable acceleration, but still not ideal. I think it would just never stop and you'd be stuck on that train forever, which in some ways sounds wonderful. I, I mean, know. that sounds pretty good. I mean, no, in some ways, you're going to be stuck somewhere. Yeah, 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 sure. But even, even, you know, the, uh, the happiest guy in the world doesn't want to be the, the, the hungriest guy in the world doesn't want to live at IHOP, right? He's got to sometimes go to the park. Sometimes you got to go to the bathroom. You know what and I'm saying? Anybody's going to eat IHOP at the park. If he can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can take it to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. The nitrogen sports broker train, uh, beautiful because much like the Snowpiercer train, which has all those different kind of compartments, yeah. you know, you got the classroom, they've got the aquarium, right? Got the bug turning into food, you know, section. That's a good rule. All that stuff. The rave section. Nitrogen sports also has that, uh, Online, in, in of a way, in yeah, a way. of course, in that they have a ca- casino section, they've got sports betting, they've got, of course, poker. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. It's basically the same thing. Tilda Swinton is probably there. <laughs> uh, and if you use the link in the description of this podcast, when you sign up for nitrogen, you get cool benefits such as yeah. our monthly tournament, and it makes us look good. So do that anyway. Please. We need to look good at all times. That is, we are both only children and we yeah. crave crave the attention of others and only positive attention. <laughs> that is important to yeah. you. Approval is really Which important. Is, it's strange that we've put ourselves out on YouTube and the internet if that was the case because yeah. it's a pit of despair. Um, There's a lot so, of anger out there. <laughs> <laughs> but nitrogen is wonderful. Use the link. Get on there. That train keeps on rolling. Let's hope it beats that 2K19 bug. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, as soon as you get through one year, there's always that second one looming up on you, the next one and the next one. Somehow they've made it without uh, crashing yet, but... Who boy, 2K19, watch out. Did you know that there is actually a new Y2K fear no. for the year 2038? I really didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's like something with a lot of the systems uh, that go to a certain number of decimal points when counting time. Mm-hmm. Uh, will They only go like 32 characters or something, and it's not enough to go past 2038 based on the way the software is manufactured. Huh. And similar to Y2K, people don't know what's going to happen in 2038. The good news is they have 20 years to work it out. So that's a lot of time to replace most of that stuff and or fix it. Yeah. But But it's it's amazing that that could be the case. Yeah. It's stuff that was made in the 90s or something. Um, Yeah. And they know about it because I think it was, I can't remember which, what it was called, but it was one of the NASA probes that was launched in Mm -hmm. the 90s or something. Um, that they eventually just lost contact with, and they had no idea why until they figured out that that was why. Oh wow! It, it had this. It stopped counting because it went too too many decimals, so it's just floating into space without any contact because of that bug. Wow! Yeah, that was a pretty expensive mistake. Yeah, no big deal though. No Don't big worry de- about it. Yeah, who needs that? Who needs billion that billion dollars anyway? So everybody get terrified. All right, let's. Uh, let's <laughs> Twenty thirty eight though. I mean, yeah, we got time. we'll be okay. Yeah. So fifteen k is in the pod here. Badzikowski has one hundred and eight k remaining. He is the effective stack. He's got two nines. ground has got jack ten of hearts. They are both in early position. The flop is six seven eight rainbow. Okay. So Badzi likes this flop. It's a great flop. Yeah. There is one heart. So ground has got both the gut shot and the backdoor flush draw, along with his two overs. Not so bad. Good flop for both players. 
It is. And I don't know if there's any distinct range advantage here. I think I mean, Badzikowski has to have the range advantage, doesn't he? I disagree. Because they both can have all the sets. I think they can both have all the sets. Yeah. I think Negreanu has uh, all of the over pairs and Badzikowski doesn't. And I think yeah. Negreanu might be more likely to have his two, two pair hands than Badzikowski. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I mean, the question is this. What does Badzikowski have when he calls there? Like, he has pot, medium pocket pairs. He has some big card combos, like suited Broadway type stuff. Yeah, I think he has up to, like, ace-queen suited sometimes, yeah. you know? He probably has... I, I don't know. We, we, we're probably unclear about how many suited connectors he has, like 9-10 suited, 9-8 suited, stuff like that. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm, I would I'm, guess. I would guess he probably has some of those, but... I'm just not sure if he has hands, like, 6-7 suited in this scenario. Right, I'm not sure either. I think um, Legrano does for sure, though. I think you're right. Um, it's possible they both do. Maybe you're right, though. Maybe uh, maybe Negreanu actually has the range advantage. I mean, they both clearly have all of the major value. Yeah. Right? Like, Negreanu has 9-10 suited. Badzikowski probably has 9-10 suited. Right? Mm-hmm. So they both have, like, the nuts and the sets, for sure. Negreanu just has more aces, kings, queens, hands like that. Yeah. So Negreanu's going to bet. And I guess he has a slight range advantage according to us, so that's not yeah. horrible. No, it seems okay. Yeah, even though it feels like it's more of the caller's range, but in this case, it doesn't really feel like that. Negrano also has a hand that he can't really check call reasonably with out of position, so it's right. more just like he can check raise or he can bet or he can check fold. Those are really that. Those are his three options. Check folding seems absurd. Yeah. Check raising seems a little ridiculous too. Why don't you just bet your aces here, right? So, I mean, I guess you might check your aces sometimes. Yeah, I think you might check your aces sometimes. Um, if, but, it was, if it was, if Badzikowski was in the big blind, I think you would check your aces back right, a lot, right. but maybe not when he's plus one. Right, where he has um, more king-queen type yeah. hands and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Negrano's going to bet 5K, and Badzikowski does something interesting. 5K and a 15K, by the way. Small bet. Yep. Uh, he's trying to, you know, turn the nuts or a pair or the flush draw or something. I mean, he's really hoping Badzikowski folds his ace jacks of the world, really, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Badzikowski's going to raise. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of going off of Negranu's sizing when he raises, it feels like, because he makes it 16K over Negranu's 5K. Mm-hmm. There was 15K in the pot initially. Seems a little small, but maybe that's by design. I mean, here's the question. Now, there's two things. First of all, Negranu, after Negranu bets and before Makita raises, Negranu starts chirping like a freaking Tweety Bird. Yeah, I don't think you can really get anything out of that. Yeah. I mean, Negranu has been talking for his whole life while at the poker table. Now, Negranu felt like he was giving something away for a while, I guess, because there was about a year there where he just completely shut it down and kind of mimicked the younger GTO guys. Yeah. But this event, he really just came back out of the shell. He's like, screw it. I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. I'm going to talk. Which is good. And maybe Makita can get something off of him, but I don't think you or I know, can know anything about what he's I saying. wouldn't expect to get anything off he's, of him. He's just talking about how fun it is. Now he's going to bet 5K because why not? This board's kind of right. fun, you know, like right. whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, would, I would guess. The thing is this, like what's Makita's plan here? He's just going with it now because he's got, he's got the over pair like and the open to, ender. He has to go with it. You can't right? really raise this hand and fold, right? Right. It's too good it's of a hand to raise fold when I, it sucks. To get, it's like he has too many chips for this though, right? The problem is every time Negreanu decides, like the question is this, like how often is Daniel really going to re-raise, right? And this is probably what Makita's aware of. If Negreanu had aces, would he re-raise? No, he would not. So I think now, he's re-raising two pair and better and maybe sometimes not even re-raising those hands. Right. Okay. And, and uh, Makita does block the nuts. Which is great. Um, so maybe when you put all that together, he thinks like he's getting re-raised very, very rarely. And the hands he's getting re-raised by, he actually has reasonable equity against. Right. Like two pair ain't great, but it's not the end of the world either. And that you're open-ended with your own pair, right? You've got um, 11 outs twice. Actually going to pick up more on the turn if you don't improve and he doesn't improve either. Yeah. And this way, Makita can decide to bluff later more frequently if he thinks Negrano has an over pair to his pair. And also, obviously, Makita has plenty of equity against those hands and can improve. Mm-hmm. Makes it a more reputable story to say, I have a set of sevens here, fold your aces. Yeah. By the way, it's 13 outs. I just realized I wasn't counting the two nines. It's the set outs even. Sure. I was just counting the uh, two pair, counterfeiting two pair and open ender. Uh, yeah. So 13 outs twice is pretty good, I guess, if, if you're up against like seven, eight. Right. Um, but still, it's a little strange. It is. Because you, you'd be worried that you are in absolutely the thing that we like to call a game theory disaster. Well, right. part of this might be protection. He might mm-hmm. be thinking, like, there's not that many turn cards I actually want to see. I do want to see one of those 13 cards, probably. But I don't love any, a lot of the over cards, you know? Yeah. Any jack or higher is bad times. That's true. Um, however, you know, like, every time Daniel doesn't fold, you're 
you're losing like a tremendous amount of the time when he doesn't fold, right? Probably. Not always, but most of the time. Maybe Negreanu could have pocket fives, you know, and then you're in great sure. shape. You know, you could have pocket fives. Cool. We you thought of a hand. Maybe ace five suited. Ace eight suited. You know, there's a few hands maybe he can have, but there aren't very many right. compared to the amount of hands that he has when he calls that. Like, I think we're doing very badly as Makita um, against Daniel's range once he calls, which makes us really questionable. Yeah. Makita plays weird. This is a strange play, um, but I think it is protection. But Daniel's folding ace queen, right? If he gets raised. Oh, for sure. So what are we hoping? What are we hoping is going to happen with hands that are worse than ours? We're hoping Ace Eight's going to call. I mean, we can get called by all of the hands like Negreanu has anything with a ten in it, especially if it has a backdoor flush draw. And anything um, with a nine I guess in we're it. pricing Daniel into those things. Yeah, yeah. but anything we with per- a nine in it too. Which I mean, we, there are fewer of obviously. Yeah, there's a few. There aren't that many. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like Ace Nine suited, Eight Nine, and Jack Nine, Jack suited. nine suited, maybe. And we have two nines in yeah. the hand, of course. So that makes it. Really knocks down on the combinations. But we got all of the Jack-10 suited pluses that are going to be obligated to call, at least if they have one of the three backdoors available. I mean, let's pretend Mikita's bad Zikowski's name was Dan Shack just for a second here. What would we be saying? We'd be saying, what are you doing? Daniel. Daniel, I'm going to raise you. Shack's a fact. Shack's a crap. (laughs) Okay, here we go. That's what he would be saying. Michael Jordan. (laughs) Um, But like, what would we be saying about this play? I think we'd be, I think we'd be much less generous about, the the benefits of this play is my guess. Yeah. So, and it's interesting because you already brought up a play that you were like, what the hell is Makita doing? Right. So either Makita is way ahead of us here, which is possible. That's probably the most likely thing, right? It probably is. He's doing very, very well at these things. Although he's only been doing well for like a year, right? Sure. So it's it's still a little early in in the game to really know. Um, Or maybe he's super spewing bad. Is it possible? It's got to be possible. He called with King 10. Yeah, it's got to be. At least, let's at least entertain it. Okay, that's he's possible. not Bonomo yet. Maybe maybe he is, but he has he doesn't have a track record like Bonomo. He has done well for a while, but um, you know, it like he made a call against Bryn Kenny, uh, which was the first time I think I'd ever heard of him, which was a tough call, which he made. I, I don't remember exactly what, what did he have like the nut flush or something. I don't or, really know. Kenny like re raised all in on the river or something like that, and he thought forever and called and. I decided it. I think we did a breakdown on it back in the day and decided it was a great call and all this kind of stuff. But it's possible he's just, you know, spewy and stationy. I don't know. Like, I don't know yet. You know, like it's you can do well in a few of these tournaments. There aren't that many people who enter them if you have money. I think he's actually an online crusher, though. Like, yeah. So probably he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's legit. Still, this raise is very odd. Maybe, 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 he, he's, maybe he's streets all right, ahead. Here's, here's my yeah. GTO attempt yeah. at explaining the race. Okay. He doesn't have any of the suited connectors that make two pair. He knows this. All right, let's say that for a second. Okay, let's say that. Um, which I think is really possible. I mean, I that make two pairs, so it's eight seven would yeah. be the would be the best one. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Let's say he does. let's say he doesn't. And even if he does, that's not many, right? Because it's only six seven and seven eight that he would have. Right. He wouldn't have right. six eight. No, never. Yeah. And so and they're of different suits, so mm-hmm. you know he's down to two. Okay. Of each. So there's a few combos of two pair. Right. So let's assume he doesn't even have them, though. Fine. So then his raising range is just the nine sets. He wants to add the, the hand that has some value and blocks the nuts. Because he's going to be raising other hands on this board right. specifically. Because it's a good board for him. Yeah. Do you think, this is, is this just a straight range play? I mean, not, not straight, because, of course, he's, he has a lot of equity, too. But he's like, oh, this is my board all day. I well, blocked the we, nuts. We, we didn't think it was really his board. It's true, actually. You're right, because he's not in the big blind. Because then he can have all the yeah. two-pair stuff and all the weird straights yeah. and everything. Yeah, okay, that's a good The raise makes a lot more sense, I feel like, if he's in the big blind. Yeah. Um, okay, so coming back to what you said, if he's doing it, he's doing it because he needs more value, more, more things on the value side, and it's yeah. hard to come up with things. And this is, this is the, one of the few hands that's going to have great equity on the value side that he can have that isn't a set. It's the, maybe the most equity he can have. And let's, let's play it out for a second. Maybe, now this is a, an ambitious plan, but he made it 16K. He started with 108 on the street. Yep. What if Negreanu makes it 40K and Badzikowski moves in? He's blocking the nuts. He's like, what are you going to do with bottom set here, Daniel? You're really going to call me with bottom set here? Of course he is. I mean, it's a tough spot with bottom a set. A million percent Daniel's going to call him with bottom set. And bottom set, I mean, like Badzikowski at least has eight outs against that. Actually, 10 outs. Sorry. Um... I mean, he's got 10 outs, but Daniel's got redraws against eight of them. Yeah. Right. Like you make the straight, the board. Can no, I mean, pair. he's got probably like 28% equity against that hand or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got reasonable yeah. equity. Yeah. Um, 
But come on, there's no way Daniel's folding bottom set. Like probably no not. Way. Probably no not. Way. But is Daniel even three betting bottom set? Um, that I don't know. I don't know if Daniel has much of a re-raising range here, which makes this raise a little bit better. Yeah. If if you're really convinced as Makita, Daniel almost never is three betting this. Then then you can raise with a little more impunity. You can decide to check back the turn if you want, because once he calls, you figure, okay, well he's got something and it's probably beating me. And if you improve, you can bet. It's up to you, right? You, yeah. hit, you hit your straight, you can bet, or you hit... Um, that's really it, actually, because your set is not going to be super comfortable. No. Right? It's going to be four to a straight on the board, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, yeah, so so that's the. I think that's as much of a reason as anything, where you can get to the river cheaply if you want to, depending think, on what the card is. this is becomes. a classic free river play? I mean, it can't just be that. Right. But, it, but maybe that plays into it a little bit. Maybe. Like, there's like a safety in like... It's going to shut down the action in a good way, and it's going to be relatively inexpensive and get you to the river much cheaper than it otherwise right, would. Right, if Negranu bombs the turn, you got to fold nines on a deuce a lot of the time. You figure, like, if Negranu's got kings and you've called the flop, yeah. he's going to bet a lot more on the turn, yeah. right? Assuming a deuce comes, That's right? a good reason. Yeah. Assuming you know he's yeah. not going to re-raise you almost ever, I mean, which is, which is reasonable. It would be a pretty bad play to re-raise kings most of the time here. I would expect Negranu would not re-raise yeah. kings. He probably is going to re-raise sets. Including Prob- bottom set. Probably. Because like, like, with a set, you're like, aren't we getting it in anyway, basically? Like, I don't I, ha- don't I want to like charge him fully? And I want to make sure we get it in. Like, we get it in when I'm behind, but when I'm ahead, I got to make sure we get yeah, it in. Yeah, but Negreanu, so. like you he's said gonna be earlier, out of position. he's one of the least likely players to three-bet post-flop with any hand. That's true. He really doesn't do it that often. I mean, a lot of players now, a lot of the really good players don't really put in just massive action you know, when they get raised and stuff, even with big, big, big hands. They yeah. just often will call instead to protect their calling range. So it's possible Daniel would just call. I don't know if he would or not with bottom set, what he'd do, but I, I can't see him really folding it very often. <laughs> Almost no matter what the action is. Anyway, anyway this is what happens. Yes. Batskowski, we have a lot more stuff to talk about in this hand, so let's move on. Oh my on. God, we have so much more to so talk Batskowski about. So raises to 16K over Negreanu's 5K, and Negreanu calls. I think he's obligated to, especially with the heart on the board, with Jack 10 of hearts on 6, 7, 8. He's obligated to, but it's not a great spot at a position where when Negreanu improves, it's often going to scare Batskowski into putting no more chips in. I, yeah, but the, the straight up price is good enough. I mean, how much is in the pot? So let's see. He's got to call 11K to win 36K. That is pretty good when, you've got, when you think your jack and your 10 are going to be good at least some of the And time. hearts can come. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. We can't, and also, we've got a lot of chips as yeah. Daniel, so we can really afford to get slightly splashy here. It's only yeah. slightly. But we're going to have to check fold a lot on the turn. True. But I agree. I agree. I think calling here is fine. Yeah. Mandatory. I yeah, I agree. Mandatory. All right. It's, you're like, whatever. I, maybe I'll get lucky. All right, so Negreanu calls. Give me a heart, baby. Pot's 47K. He doesn't get a heart. He gets something a lot better. He gets the nine of spades. That is the dreamiest of the dreams. Yes. It's a dreamscape. It's it's wonderful. (laughs) And uh, I like to say dreamscape. Grant's new favorite word is dreamscape. I don't know why. I have no idea what that's about. I mean, it's the opposite of a hellscape, right? So No, that would be heavenscape. Dreamscape could absolutely Heavenscape's be not a thing. Nobody says heavenscape. No, of course no and one says is, it. And when you say dreamscape... How is dreamscape an opposite of a hellscape? When you say dreamscape, <laughs> it connotes a positive feeling, right? Not like a, it's any random dream. Dreamscape means like, oh, what a beautiful dreamscape. <laughs> I'm on the beach. I love this dreamscape. You guys, it's, it's too bad this is not a video because Grant's eyes got all huge. As he was talking about <laughs> that really added to the uh, yeah. explanation. I'm actually quite a good actor, That's which is why. I've been called for many roles. I just turned them down. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. I'm just shocked. Yeah, because, you know. Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise is nothing compared to me, except he does his own stunts. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, Anyway, Dreamscape and, and Hellscape are opposite in my vocabulary. I will go to my grave fighting you on that, but well, let's continue. In my vocabulary, they are. Okay. All right, so we got this Dreamscape of a turn card, the Nine of Spades. Negrano yeah. makes the super nuts. He's just hoping that Badzikowski got a little splashy with Queen 10 suited here or something, right? Did you um, just do the thing? What? The super nuts? Oh, yeah, I did. It's not the super. It's just the nuts. Okay. But if, you know, no, I care. No, it's it's colloquial. It's talking about how like, what? wow, this card, it, a lot of people make a straight with this card, but I make even a better straight. What a super time. No, no. It's but the it's, super it's nuts. The, it's just the nuts. A lot of people make the straight. I made the best straight. It's the nuts. Okay. Can you ever use the the term super nuts? Yes, you can. You can use it um, when you make it on the tur- you make the nuts on the turn, and they are um, 
you cannot lose. All right. You make like the straight flush on the turn. That's okay. The so nuts. it's synonymous with the immortal nuts, yes. which a lot of people say the mortal nuts, which doesn't make any sense when they mean the immortal. That nuts. That is what they mean. Cannot be killed. The mortal yeah. nuts is is like what Negranu has right yeah. now, right? Like the board pairs, he's going to lose, as, and as he's clearly out. in some danger, some health danger with his hand because Badzikowski could pair the board and win. So that's, these nuts are very mortal. That's what I just I literally know. just said. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. You are. That was super weird. You're a hellscape. That's what you are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So 47K in the pot. Negranu has made the nuts for now. Just to be clear, the board is six, seven, eight, nine. Negranu's got jack 10. Makita's got pocket nines. It's crazy. Now, it's not the best card in the deck, but Makita holds the best card in the deck for Negranu, which would be the nine of hearts. It's the nine of spades. Mm. It brings a second spade. It's unlikely that either player would have a spade draw, but it is. It's a bit more possible for Negranu than Makita, but. Yeah, it's, it's a bit more. That's true. Like he could have jack ten of sp- or not jack ten, of sp- you know, whatever. Yeah. Something jack of spades, something ten of spades, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he can't really have something jack of spades. It's really hard for actually. If he no, has, spades, has he probably the, has a straight. He has a straight if he has yeah, spades. Yeah, so it doesn't really. It's not as big a thing, right? I mean, Makita could be free rolling him sometimes if he decided to do this with ace ten of spades for some reason. Not free rolling. Excuse me, jack ten of spades. I'm not sure. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yes, got it. Yeah. Anyway, forty-seven k. Negranu checks. Normal. Yes. We'd expect to check here. Although the problem with checking is this is the card that it's hard to get action from, right? If Makita has a 10 in his hand, yeah, we're going to get action. Otherwise, Makita's checking back, I think, the whole world here, right? Yeah, but how can Negreno get action from anything if he bets, really? That, like, I guess a set, specifically. A set has to call. Yeah. Um, Negreno would have to have a lot of hands in a donking range here that are not... A, not not a 10 or better right. for this to work, right? Yeah. And I don't know how often he really ever has that. So a check a check makes a lot of sense. But the problem with Negrano, as he'll as I'm sure he's thinking, even as he does it, is this goes check, check all freaking day. And it does. Yeah. Now, Badzikowski probably thinks he has the best hand the majority of the time here, but he also probably thinks he can't get action from many worse hands. Like if Negrano has aces, and he's probably just going to fold, right? Yes, he's going to fold. Yeah. I got to believe he's going to fold. So from Makita's point of view, like there's not much to be afraid of either. Basically, just a 10 or a jack are the only bad cards for him at this point. Right? Actually, a jack a isn't even a bad card. Yeah, just, just a 10. 10. Um, so there's only four bad cards in the deck. He's either ahead or behind. At this I mean, point. any over card is kind of bad because Negrano okay. could have made a bigger set. Sure. But, you know, like yeah. if, a, if a queen comes, sometimes we lose, but usually we're still ahead, yeah. right? Like whatever. We can live with that. Um, if a queen comes also, we're not going to put a lot of money in this pot on the river, right? We'll call a bet if Daniel bets, and we'll bet if Daniel checks. That's all. We'll bet a normal amount. Yeah. Right? It'll be fine. Um, but uh, so, so, I, so, I mean, I think Mikita is sort of forced to check for the very reasons you're saying, though. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, it's so hard to get value. This is a card you'd be checking on most of the time. It's possible Mikita even checks a 10 here just because what's he betting? Right. I think he's probably going to check back his whole range it's on hard, this. It's hard yeah. to bluff on, on this card very often, right? Because that means you had to be bluffing before. Right. And then if this card doesn't improve you, what were you bluffing with? It's hard to come up with very much. Yep. So total air. It makes sense that it goes check, check, I yeah, think. Yeah, it does. Still 47K in the pot. And the river is, as Kevin says, where the best hands are made. Yes, Kevin from Poker Time. Poker Time, which you should all watch. That's our show on YouTube where we have a 510 cash game. It's wonderful. We do the commentary. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a dreamscape. And uh, the river is the eight of hearts and the best hand was made. By yeah. Makita Badzikowski. He now has house. the second nuts. This was a heck of a run out. This was a crazy run out. Feels a little unfair to Daniel, I'll be honest. Uh, he's he's had enough good things happen in life. So. I guess he also did catch the miracle nine on the turn. Yeah, that was pretty miracle. All he had was runner, runner hearts, or a jacks to win. So he did catch the, the miracle nut card on the yeah. turn. Yeah. When That's I said miracle nut, I, don't, I mean just like it made him the nuts, to be clear. Not something else. Not like he, you know. Miracle Nut card. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm imagining a different thing, a less raunchy thing than you. I'm oh, imagining good. like a version of the My Pillow guy, except he's on on TV advertising the Miracle Nut, which is like a new genetically modified mm. nut from the deep jungles of of somewhere. Absolutely, and from it's like South got, America. Got all of the electrolytes and protein you ever would need, and you just eat like three yeah. of these Miracle Nuts a day, and it's you're good. All the nutrition you ever have to have. That's smart. I we like sh- that. We should get on that because that would sell. Of course, that would sell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Negranu checks, which is a strange start to this. I'm river. really surprised Negranu checks. It feels like it's time to bet. Like, Makita doesn't have too many eights, I guess. There's one pair of eights, but. When the eight pairs, so what are we afraid of as Negranu? We're sitting there, we're thinking, okay, all Makita's true value that he raised with is what? It's like 
ten nine he could have raised with on the on the flop, which we would love. We to want him to get have value from, but he's going to bet anyway with that hand, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, uh, all the sets, which are bad. If he has um, nine eight, if he has eight seven, those are both beating us now, right? Which I think are unlikely, but maybe they're there. Uh, if he has um, seven six, if he flopped bottom two. He hates this card and he he's might not, decide He's to, probably just going to fold or if he, we bet. Yeah, and he might decide to bluff it because he blocks right. the full houses. So so there's not too much that Makita can really have here that we wouldn't want to check to, actually, yeah, now that we're that talking makes, about that it. that makes plenty of sense. It's cool because I wouldn't have thought... I would have, My initial instinct would be to bet this too as Daniel, but actually, like, either Makita has a total air bluff that we want to check or he's got one of these hands and we should probably check. Can Negreanu kind of have no betting range as... With this run out, the way this hand when is When the eight comes as yeah. well. Yeah. Like if a deuce comes on the river, Negrano can bet because he's got the nuts. He wants to get paid by some hands that may check back, right? Like the bottom two pair of hands or yeah. something. Um, it's, if he can't bet this, I don't know what he can bet. Right. If he has nines full himself. He might check to induce. Yeah. He also may think like, don't you have to bet everything when the eight comes? Yeah. Like you either have to bluff or, you, you know, this is a good bluffing card for Makita anyway. Maybe. I don't know. That's the best I got. All right. So let's get to the juicy stuff. Here we go. Get ready. 47K in the pot. Negreanu, of course, has Jack 10 for the turned nuts on the 6, 7, 8, 9 board. The river didn't bring a flush, but it did pair the board, the 8, for Makita Batsikowski to make the second nut with 9 full. 9 full. Yeah. And Negreanu, of course, no longer has the nuts. No longer has the nuts. He has very far from the nuts now after the board pairs, although it's still a very good hand. Very good. He's checked. Batsikowski now bets 60K into 47K. Yeah. And Negreanu starts talking to himself about how he doesn't like that. I mean, this is this is a pretty interesting spot, right? Yeah. So Makita has how much did you say he's got coming into the river? Um, I think coming into the river, he had something like ninety-two k. Okay, so he bets two thirds of his stack, yeah. and he and he overbets the pot. Yes. Okay. So first of all, first thing is when Makita overbets the pot as Negreanu for the value when Makita has value. Almost all of his value. There's only a few things we can beat of his value now. When he I don't think we can beat any of his value. It's possible Makita has 10-9, and when Negrano checks yet again, Makita's trying to get Maybe. some sort of... The problem is, if Negrano has aces, is he going to call when we bet 60K? He probably is going to find a fold, honestly. right? But if Negrano has ace-8 specifically, that's a hand that can decide to call us. right? We can be trying to get, we can try, be trying to get paid specifically by trip-8s. I don't know if it's, it's four straight, man. I understand, but it went check, check, and now Makita has to have a 10 and not have betted on the turn. And I mean, he doesn't have to have a 10. He usually has something better than a 10. No, you're right. right. Of course, he can have all the sets, too. Yeah. But Negrano, when he has an 8 in his hand, is going to be like, well, I block it. I block full houses and stuff. You, know, it's, you could argue that it's better to have an 8 in your hand than not, um, than, like, than have Jack 10 in your hand. If you believe Makita's calling with non-paired hands that can make full houses right. pre-flop. I think the question starts to come down to, really, for Daniel is, first of all, um, of the value that Makita's betting 60K, does he have a 10 in his hand? Can he have 10-9 or 10-8 or something like that, number one? Two, can he have, like, trip-8s himself? And I don't know oh, what trip-8s no. he can have here. No, he can't. I, don't, I, I strongly don't think he can have a trip-8 hand. So if he can't have trip-8s, then we're just down to a straight, right? Because that's all we can Which do. would be, like, just like... 10-9. 10-9 suited. Maybe, maybe it's the same hand once in a while. Maybe. Same hands. Same Okay, so the range is not good. The value this, range. This is what I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's really not good. And then the, the next question is, what are the bluffs? Because right. how could he have a bluff? He would have to have decided that the board is better for him than for Daniel, which we did not think it was. Yeah, and I don't we think, think he's he, smart enough to know that. Yeah. Um, even though I was saying, is he any good? I, I think he's good enough to know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So, um, so if he knows that, then he like wouldn't have raised king-queen on the flop. Is what I'm saying. Like, if he was in the big blind, maybe he can have king-queen here. But because he's plus one, he kind of can't. No. Right? And is he going to bet 60K with two jacks? He's never going to do that. Never. Maybe he'll try and squeeze some weird... When the eight pairs, he's not even going to try and squeeze value out. The actually. only bluff hand that I can think of yeah. is six, seven suited. Right. That is the only one because it blocks the full houses. And I don't know if he's calling with that preflop. I lean towards he's not. And there's two combos of that, by the way. Right. Um, is he ever betting like this with um, a five in his hand, like pocket fives or five, six suited or something Zero like percent. That? 
zero percent because it's sixty k, right? Yeah. And he's like, what's supposed to call me? Right. Now? Like you want you want Negreanu to have a five in his hand, so maybe yeah. he can find a call or a ten in his hand. And what right? what like he doesn't really have fives in his range except for pocket fives, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you were speculating yeah. that maybe he could raise pocket fives on the flop. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's yeah. Maybe yeah, he decides. I, maybe I, is is he ever going for value with that? Is is the question I'm trying to. I'm, I'm asking. Well, let's say he did have pocket fives. He raised the flop. He has to check. He decides to check back the turn because he's checking back his whole range. Sure. And now he's going for value because Negreanu checked again. But would he bet 60K with it? And what's he trying to give? I think he'd bet less because he's trying to get value from worse hands as opposed to right now he can bet 60K because he's like every time Negreanu has worse full houses, he's calling. Every time Negreanu has tens, he's calling. Negreanu might be calling with, or Jack 10, certainly. You would think he's calling with, it, with most tens. You think he's going to at least strongly consider calling with a five. So there's a lot more hands that could call at least, yeah. right? And we have the second nuts. So we can come with lots of hands that we're beating, right? As opposed to when you've got a five, there's so few hands that you're beating that can decide to call you that you want to call you. Yeah, like Negreanu could have seven, eight as played here, and we could be going for value from that hand. Negreanu is usually going to bet seven, eight on the river himself, right? Or are we just saying he's checking everything? everything I think he's checking everything. everything based on our earlier discussion right. when he checked. Right. Although when you have seven, eight in your hand, now there's so few things you're losing to, at least. Like when there's jack 10... We were like, we could come up with most of the hands. Oh, yeah. No, I think Negreanu's paying off with 7-8. Yeah. Oh, of course he's paying off yeah. with 7-8. Um, but Negreanu's just going to check this no matter what when the 8 pairs yeah. because it's so much better for Makita than for him, even though it turns out if he has 7-8, it's a gin card, although it actually would be a horrible card. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible Negreanu's going to re-raise 7-8 some, a fair amount of the time on the flop, too. So I think it comes down to this. The value that Makita would definitely play this way are pocket 6s, pocket 7s, pocket 8s, and I guess he plays pocket nines this way. We didn't expect him to raise the flop. No. So we can forget about that. But just pocket sixes, pocket sevens, pocket eights, Mikita would definitely play this way. Sure. All if the he, way if, through. If he ever can have seven, eight, I think he probably can. Probably. He, he would play it this way too. Uh-huh. Maybe he can have nine, eight and play it this way because the way he played yeah. pocket nines is pretty similar to well, nine, eight in terms of value. if he can play nines this way can, right. and he can have nine, eight pre-flop, then he can probably play nine, eight this exactly. way. Exactly. So, so I think he can probably have at least some combos of nine, eight suited here. Maybe all of them. Um so that's and, that. and we wonder if he could even have any any hands that Negreanu is beating for value. Like if he can have an, he really have a ten in his range, you know, like is he really going to bet this much with just a ten? Well, that's that's the interesting question, right? If he has nine ten, and he checks back the turn where he had the nuts, and now he doesn't, and he's checking it back more because he's just checking back his whole range, yeah, not because he's afraid. Um, and then Negreanu checks again, and he's trying to he'd be trying to get called specifically by trip eights and a five. Yeah, right? I feel like he would bet smaller. I think he probably would too. This is a this is polarizing sizing, and he's putting in two thirds of his stack. Yep, uh, he feels very committed to this pot. So, so Negrano really can't beat much, if any, value, and, and we can't really think of pretty, any bluffs. Pretty hard. Like it's not like Bedzikowski's like, oh, I have King Jack of Spades. Let's go for it for no right, reason. Right. I mean, if if Badzikowski had Spades, he'd bet the turn. Like yeah. that may be one of the few hands he would bet the turn with. If he somehow was bluffing. If he's betting me. anything. Yeah. If he's betting any turns. Maybe he's never betting the turn. I don't but, think he is. But if he ever is betting the turn, like the backdoor spades that are starting to come in would be the hand, right? Um, as a bluff, I mean. Yeah. Um, but maybe he's just never betting the turn no matter what. So this is interesting. So Daniel really can't beat anything. Well, he it folds. Seems. He folds. And I think it's a good fold. I think it's a good fold too. Now there's, that we're talking There's about a lot it. of times where somebody will make an amazing fold in the moment like the Ian Steinman fold, for example, yeah. which you were strongly against. Yeah. I was okay with actually, but, and it, you could say like, okay, it was good that time, but, and your point would be, but it's not actually good over time. Yeah. I think this is actually good over time. I think it is too. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, to use another example, the Jamie gold fold from live at the bike. Sure. The nine, seven two. Yeah. Or it's like, that can't, we be both right. agreed that was a bad fold over right. time. Yeah. Now, now maybe he had a read on the guy and fine, yeah. but just based on the gameplay, that's a bad, you can't, you can't make that fold and make money in poker. Um, so, I think this is a good fold, but I will say when Daniel actually folded and I knew he was going to fold because like a bunch of people suggested yeah. this and I had seen Daniel makes incredible lay down or whatever. That was that. This was definitely the highlight of that tournament. When Daniel lays it down, I still said, wow, nice job. Yeah. And meant it. And it didn't feel like sometimes when the people make the quote good folds, it's not as impressive to me because mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, but of course you folded there. Like, yeah. like even James Ope's folding sevens full in the main event to me is actually like, a super straightforward. Oh, no, fold that was an easy spot. fold. Like, that's an easy fold. Yeah. But this is not an easy fold to me. Even though when we actually do the work, I get that actually it should be an easy fold. It feels really different. And Shulman even says at when Badzikowski bets uh, 60,000, something like, I mean, I can't imagine Daniel actually throwing this away. Yeah. And I agreed when, when 
but Shulman said it. I was feeling the same thing, even though I know I knew Daniel Wood. Um, but but it's cool to go through it and sort of see. Oh, this is a fold. Mm-hmm. It's messed up. Good job, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel does have better hands in his range, I guess. Oh, for sure he does. He play, has to play like this. One hundred percent. Yes, I think he plays every full house like this. I mean, you think he's never re-raising a, a set on the flop? I don't know if that, oh. that's true. Well, I think he's... That, that knocks out most of the full houses. He's not super likely to re-raise a set on the flop as Negrano. I don't think he is. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what he's doing with top set and second set and any sets. And I'm not sure what he's doing with top two. I'm just not. Um, he might be raising all those and just think like, whatever. You got 55 blinds. It's a wet board. Let's go. Uh, I could see that. Maybe. Maybe. But if he has full houses uh, by the river, I think he plays the turn in the river this way with full houses. Um, well, the turn for sure he's going to check. And I think for sure he's checking the river too. Because he wants to give Makita a chance to yeah. bet with all the hands that, have, that are going to be wanna, Any hands that's going to be able to call him is going to bet anyway. He right? doesn't want to give Makita a chance to fold a 10, you know, if he leads the river. I mean, Makita's not going to fold a 10 probably, right? Probably not. But, but what is Negrano betting? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to come up with anything. Full but, houses. But the thing is this. But the thing is like... The, one of the things I'm always worried about when we do this show is because we know what the hands are, I'm always a little concerned that we've just got bias towards when they have it, it's easy to say, well, what else do they have here? And when they don't have it, it's to say, well, he's repping a really narrow range here, you know? So you have to call because, you know, now we can't really come up with bluffs. I'll give you that. But that's, that's our job on this show, right? Is right. to try to figure that stuff out. And we couldn't figure out anything for that. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, I'm always, I'm always a little worried about that piece. So I'm always just like, when I'm just always checking in sort of to make sure. It's good, it's good to not, check in, but I think, I think we've done our due diligence here. Yeah. And I it think seems so pretty clear that this is a fold. Like Negreanu called the raise. Makita decided to raise. It's pretty interesting. And then Makita, if he was bluffing, probably would bluff the turn. If he somehow had air, the yeah, turn is a good card like for him The turn's like, okay, I guess I got to do it like, now. Yeah. Yeah. Like Negreanu, if he has kings, now has to fold, right? Yeah. So I'm going to have to bet this, right? Um, now, if Makita is great, he's going to be able to show up here with bluffs sometimes too, right? That's what, that's what would make him great. I don't know if that's true. There are some spots where you just can't show up with bluffs, I think. Well, what I'm saying is then it makes it too easy for Daniel to fold. And that means and if Daniel can always fold Jack-10 here because Makita never has bluffs, then Makita's sizing this wrong. Yeah, I think he might have sized it wrong. Okay. Well, then, so that sort of goes back to like I'm saying if Makita's great, he yeah. can show up with bluffs. Um, or he's, that, or he's, if he's, you know. I just don't think you can ever size. I think maybe we skipped over this a bit. Yeah. I don't think you can ever size this size on this run out. It's hard it, to do. I think it's a bad sizing. It's really hard to do. Um, the thing is, Daniel's range doesn't look super strong, right? Daniel could just have an overpair when, yep. he, when he calls and goes. So Makita, but again, what bluffs does Makita have right. is really the question, that he decides to raise the flop and check the turn. It's yeah. really hard to come up with things when he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, okay, just, you know, just exploring a little. All right, good job by Daniel. Yeah, great, great job. In the, in the moment, to actually fold in the moment is really different than to talk about it for 40 minutes yeah. and then fold. He did it in like 40 seconds. I'm sure I would have called, had a long talk with you about it, and then been upset with myself for, you know, not putting all this together in the moment, you know, yeah. doing it in like a minute and a half. But I wouldn't have, I mean, my initial hit watching the hand is like, wow, that's a great fold. We actually you know? played a tournament together recently where you busted very early. Really early. And I thought you made a bad call and you didn't like me answering that way at first, but eventually came around. Um, yeah, I mean, mostly came around like yeah. our other friend actually disagreed with you and said he would call for sure. And felt, yeah, felt really clear about it. I, and I, I feel I'm somewhere in between those two, but yeah, yeah, I did come around to some degree for sure. Anyway, Negreanu somehow did it in yeah. the moment. Good yeah. job. Good job. All right, we're done. All right. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.